Welcome to another episode of the About Mansfield Consumer Advice Series. I'm your host, Steve Casillo, and I appreciate you being here today. As we do on every Friday, we bring in our financial guru. That would be Philip Washington Jr. to talk about all things financial, including today, Mutual Funds 101. And we'll start with the basics. What is a mutual fund? Sit back, relax, and enjoy Philip Washington Jr. What is a mutual fund? I'm, I'm going to make it simple. Think of, think of you know, you have stocks and bonds and all these individual assets you can own, right? And imagine you're at a grocery store and you get your basket and then you place all the material in a, in a basket um, that, that, that is uh, a preference for your objective of going to the grocery store for that moment in time. That's what a mutual fund is. It's just putting, it's a basket of assets that you own tied to a specific investment objective. All right. So like last night, I went to my favorite grocery store and I bought an onion and cheese. Those in a, in a, a, uh, uh, are, are those, those, I I realize they're not mutual funds, but they are things Mm -hmm. you put into the basket. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just instead of going to just, right. Having the onion, onion would be like owning Apple stock, you know, Orange might be owning Google stock. Okay, you just put it together in the basket so you can have diversification, and and you they're aligned based on your objective. So if you went in to say I'm going to the store to make some gumbo, you'd have your ingredients. Oh, then you go to the store, you put it together in a basket, and now you have the ingredients to make your gumbo over dirty rice. Over oh that you know what I can't believe I've never thought of that gumbo over dirty rice. Oh. Now. That would be amazing. What factors should I choose when looking at a mutual fund? So your investment objective is important, right? Yeah. What's what's what what's your goal? Uh, uh, expenses and fees, right? And that's nuanced because you want to make sure that I, I will I will overpay for a fund if I expect a better net return uh, after fees than another fund. Um, uh, performance track record, but not. But not in the way most people look at it. Most people look at performance track record in a vacuum, and they go, "I want to, I want to pick the fund that earned the most over the last one year, five year, three year, ten years." And I'm like, "I don't look at it for that. I look at it for how did the perform, how did the fund perform relative to what I would have expected given the same economic environment, right?" I, I give you like an example: ARKW fund um, uh, didn't it performed worse than the S and P 500 in 2022? Right, because everything was down, it was down further because it owns relatively immature companies. Um, but and money was tightening up, and so when money tightens up, money you know assets go down, and the more immature ones go down more. Versus when money uh, loosened this year, Ark smoked the S and P five hundred right because yeah. money loosened, and when money loosens, m- money goes to where it naturally wants to go, which is to the immature, growing companies that are in the springtime. You know, of 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 maturity. <laughs> so it's it, instead of looking at a company that said, you know, this company grew twenty percent last year. All right, and and it's it's part of this. The disclaimer is that uh, that that you do on your on your podcast mm-hmm. is that future past, past performance is not indicative of future performance. Right, a hundred, yeah. And and people hear it and they go, you just say that for compliance. I'm like, no, like that's actually how you should <laughs> look at selecting funds because. Yeah, it's, it's not. It's, that's not the smart thing to do. 
Any other factors I should choose? Yes. Expertise. So like what's the fund manager's background, expertise, what's their team makeup, uh, and and holdings, right? Holdings are, are really important. Let's talk about um, risk tolerance, because if I'm going to invest in something, uh, and, and literally investing in something is taking a risk. Let's talk about risk tolerance. Yeah. So the f- the gateway into increasing your risk tolerance is, is education, right? The the better you understand something, the uh, you know the more you'll be able to deal with more uncertainty or risk around it. So I would, and I would start understanding investment principles. Don't don't start off trying to understand a lot of technicals. Uh, understand the principles really, really well, and then kind of wade into the technical details of the areas that like you really want to know about because you don't have to know all the technicals to be a really good investor. As a matter of fact, if you just know the principles then you can just like apply those principles broadly and make a lot of money in investing. Yeah. Uh, Go ahead. Were you going to add to that? That uh, I wasn't going to add to it, but there are, uh, uh, or at least how, how do I increase my risk tolerance over time? Yep. And so, so, so next is then the people you hang around helps too. So if your peer group, so mentors, mentees, advisors, friends, right? People that as you hang around and have better com- conversations that make you more familiar with it, it's like speaking a different language, right? You become more comfortable. Meditation is huge, right? Because there are a lot of people who are very educated and they hang around a peer group that are investors. But then when stuff hits the fan, right? And they begin to, uh, you know, it's natural for you if you have a million dollar account and it goes down to 600,000 or 700,000 in a recession for you to feel bad. That's just natural. Like you're a human, you know, but um, what a lot of us have not trained ourselves to do is associate our mood with our thoughts, right? Because if you're, if you, if you feel bad, the only thoughts you're going to receive are bad thoughts, thoughts, right? And if you feel good, you're going to receive good thoughts, right? And so a lot of people will feel bad about it and then make a decision out of that feeling thinking that it's wise. No, it's not wise. Like you're caught in a bad mood, right? So like learning to shake the mood and then think and make decisions from a higher place, um, which meditation helps you practice and do better and better, right? That's another way to do your risk tolerance because then once you get the education right it's 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 intellectually easy for me to tell people that bitcoin is the future they get that they understand it logically right if we're having a conversation then when you own it and then you got to hold on to it for a decade through all the noise in the media through you know the ups and downs through all the doubts that's where the money is made because logically it's not a it's not a difficult conversation to understand that we evolve money. We evolve transportation. Everything I talk about in investments, that's easy. The hard part is when the doubt hits you, you know, managing your emotions through that. And that's what meditation helps you do. Someday I'd love to do a, a, just a segment with you on on meditation. That would be really, really fun and interesting. Yeah. Uh, back to the, the risk tolerance. Um, you talked about education, but that uh, that also plays into the intelligence of, of, of taking the risks. Y- yeah. So in t- intelligence... The way that I think about it, it's just more like the flow of thought, right? I think of intelligence like a, maybe like a pipe, uh, like a clear mind, right? A pipe and uh, pipes get clogged whenever like old things we put in it get stuck there, 
right? And so intelligence is infinite, literally. Like as a species, we get smarter and smarter, right? The problems today that seem impossible, we we logically know that future generations are going to solve those problems because they're going to build on the knowledge of what we established today. And so uh, the mind has no limits of time and space. And so whenever you're meditating, you you go, oh, okay, this, if I'm in a situation I'm going to encounter a higher thought and a lower thought. Think of it like a ladder, right? And if I, in a in a bad mood, entertain that lower thought, it takes me down the rung of the ladder of intelligence, yeah. right? But if I entertain a new thought, then I move up and now I'm in a new plane of intelligence, right? So now when I get presented with the topic of example money again, right now I'm, now I'm presented with the previous higher thought, right? Which was, which now, as I grew my understanding, is now the lower thought. Because in that plane, there's a higher thought, right? And so you're going up the ladder of intelligence little by little, not holding on to the past, right? Not holding on to your past knowledge, but you're continuing to evolve it and letting it go. Um, and, and once you get to a point to where you can like have clarity and open your mind like that, then you open your way to genius. I mean, that's what Einstein was so great at. The reason why scientists can't prove his theories wrong is his theories came from being plugged into the infinite. And when you get downloaded information from an infinite source, it's not going to be disproved, right? And it's funny watching scientists try to limit, you know, limit physics and understanding yeah. and go, oh, we want to find the end. There's no end, right? Like the same principle replays itself infinitely up, infinitely down. And just understanding that, like we'll reveal more and more of it. But if you understand the mechanism of the infinite, then you can extrapolate out, extrapolate that information out in perpetuity, well, it I makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense with the uh, the the you mentioned the pipe and and with the clog. The someone has poured grease down their drain, and all of a sudden they've got uh, a backup. Or you know, like my daughter who puts hair down the uh, the shower, uh, and it gets all clogged up. Uh, keeping mm-hmm. the pipe clear, keeping the lines of communication, uh, the mental communication. That's good. I like that. Keeping it open. I like it's, that. Well, I'm the marketing guy, so I, I, <laughs> translation. Yeah. Translation. <laughs> Do the uh, uh, the last line appreciation versus hating, and uh, uh, yeah, the, we'll get this wrapped up. Yeah, this is a good one because it's, it's, it's naturally as humans to to think in relative terms, right? So we we think in order for me to be smart, I have to say something smart relative to somebody else, and if they say something smarter than me, if you're in an unbalanced place, you might think, "Oh, I'm dumb, and they're smarter." But not like you can just both be smart. Yeah, you know. So same thing with money. It's more like if if you're looking at some people that have the money that you want, then it, it and you're thinking from an unbalanced place, right? Then you then you think of yourself as poor relative to them, and so and it causes you to have negative emotions around your financial situation, which clogs up your <laughs> clogs up your mind, right? Versus saying, "Hey, I'm I'm wealthy, they're wealthy, right?" Wealth is art, right? So sure. I can I can appreciate their artistic expression, um, and appreciate mine. Uh, and the more and the more I appreciate art, the word appreciation is literally like <laughs> what it means. A- appreciates your mental capacity and your mental feeling around it. So as you appreciate more, right, you allow more intelligence in around money. But as you hate, right, hate means rejection. Right. right. As you reject money as an idea, 
then you reject that idea or clog it up in your mind. And it's really as simple as that. And I heard a quote today on a, a an earlier podcast, and, and see if you agree with this. The quote is, practice feeling good about money. Mm, I love that. I love that. It's a good quote. Yeah. I wonder where that came from. <laughs> <laughs> Philip Washington Jr. on his uh, Wealth Building Made Simple podcast happened to say, practice feeling good it's like, it's about like, money. It's like daily push-ups. There you go. Oh, I should start doing push-ups. <laughs> if someone wanted to reach out to Philip Washington Jr. Uh, Jr. to practice feeling good about their money or uh, financial things in, in general, how can they find you? StonehillWealthManagement.com or WealthBuildingMadeSimple.us. That right over there, Philip Washington Jr., with uh, Wealth Building Made Simple podcast. <laughs> Philip, we do this every Friday. Have a great weekend. Let's do it again next week. Thanks, Steve. You too. We appreciate you listening to the About Mansfield Consumer Advice Series. By the way, if you own a business and you are interested in being a part of the Consumer Advice Series, if you have the knowledge to give information in 10-minute increments to the consumers, shoot me an email to info at aboutmansfield.com. Again, that is info at aboutmansfield.com. We'll tell you how we can get y'all set up. Appreciate it. We do it again next week right here on the podcast.